good morning, good evening, or good afternoon. I am Andy Anatko, welcoming you to this episode number 177 of the Material Podcast. I'm in slightly a somber mood. Oh, no, a, a som- il somber voce, shall I say. My mood is as buoyant and merely tireler more-ish as usual. However, I'm coming off a cold, and so if I uh, tend to get very... You know, like, Flavor Town and the donkey song. Oh, I might, if I put that much volume into my voice, I might start coughing. And then that gives more work for our editor, Jim, and who needs that. Uh, but fortunately, adding so much to every week's podcast, in addition to covering for when I'm having a coughing fit, is Flo Ion. Flo, how Hi. you doing this week? Hi. Hi. <laughs> I was trying to see how far you were going to take that. Like how low we were going to go if I was going to have to start pulling out the Ravens and the Edgar <laughs> Allan Poe. But I see that we've maintained a nice like middle level, a little J.D. Salinger level here. So we're just like quiet, melancholy. And I can feel that. <laughs> I mean, we are headed into we're, we're right now in the United States of America, <laughs> the great all USA, which is where Andy and I are based um, because we do have international listeners. Thank you to all of those who listen to us internationally and beyond and yes, that includes you, that one person on Mars who definitely listens to us. Not just my fantasy. Uh, <laughs> where was I going with that? I don't really you, you know sure, where I was going You sure going he with that. wasn't just sucking up to you to get a free sticker? <laughs> yeah, I mean, do we... No. I don't even have a material sticker. Yeah, we, should, we, should, we should do new material hmm. stickers. We Unfortunately, we, we, we had a bunch of them printed up like right before... <laughs> Right before Yasmin left, so mm-hmm. but maybe and bad timing. All, but and now they uh, all flew out the window. And now they Russell isn't there, so that's gonna be a lot of a lot of work with a magic marker on my part to like scratch out two heads and do a good <laughs> caricature of you on one of them. Might be simpler just to have new ones of them. I am not gonna replace Yasmin's likeness. There's no way. There's no way. It, it's impossible. It's it's Kim possible. I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, how did how did Abraham Lincoln wind up uh, uh, on Mount Rushmore? Because Andrew Jackson fell out of favor. They said, you know what? Uh, he had such a big chin. I bet if we just like sort of like pockmark the chin, we could turn that into a beard, and then you know, put a slap a mole on there, find a boulder that fits. Boom! We can turn Andrew Jackson into. into Is that Abe really Lincoln. what happened? Uh, I'm going to say it was. <laughs> okay. I never know. Like I don't. I don't know, Andy. If you're like, I, I don't. I don't it. know if edit privileges on Wikipedia are as lax as they once were. But that could be a recognized fact. I bet. I bet we could change that, and then at least a whole bunch of dumb eighth graders who think that their teachers don't know to check for for Wikipedia stuff. Ah, uh, you know. Speaking of eighth grade, I watched eighth grade the movie. <laughs> Oh God! Why would you want? Oh, why would you want to go back? No, to it was grade, really good. It was okay. really good. It was a coming of age story, and of course, I really related to it because, you know, <laughs> it was basically me at fourteen, extremely awkward <laughs> and not ready for high school. Uh, but the thing that was oh, really you, you interesting were that about kid. it, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I always was, thought that was a stereotype about childhood. No, I was extremely. It was extreme, very much extremely an outcast. Um, up until college, which is when I started to fit in. And that's why I love college. Hated, hated high school and middle school. But anyway, so the movie was interesting because it was all these, you know, I'm starting to like, I know I talk 
I talk about feeling my age and I know that's kind of annoying to some people because I'm still kind of on the like youngish side. Like I get it. I know. I know what some of you are saying to me, but I'm telling you that I come to terms with my mortality more and more every day when I realize that I have no idea what the hell the children are into. Like, I don't know. Uh, and it appears I'm not as cool as I thought I was. I'm not as hip and with it. And so, are. yeah, unless, unless I mean, we're Harrison Ford, then we're more so. Yeah. I mean, even still, how much does Calista Flockhart keep him in the know? Uh, but I mean, seriously, it was just interesting to watch the film and to see that like a lot of the awkwardness of, of youth, you know, is definitely relatable across generations and, and, across spectrums, but we are also all, there was a lot of depiction of where we are at technologically in society and how we're sort of existing in that. And I thought it was really interesting. Just, there was a lot of scenes of just kids on their phones. And I couldn't tell if it was like the director trying to be like kids in these phones, or if like (laughs) it was the real life, you know, obviousness of all this is that kids are on their phones like a ton. They're on Instagram and they're here and they're there and they're whatever. They're constantly in each other's real lives and online lives. And then I looked at the room around me and my two, two of my closest friends are also on their phone the same time I'm on my phone while we're all watching the movie. And I realized we're all just, we're all just the damn same. (laughs) We're all just looking for ways to just escape reality and dig our noses in our phones. Yeah, there's a there this is what I believe the psychologists refer to as projection. So whenever mm. you find someone who is let's say 10 years or more older than the group that they are writing or speaking about, they are really almost always talking about complaints they have about themselves and or their own generation that they don't really want to take responsibility for. I think that is a good point. And I also learned a lot this weekend that I just don't use social media the same way that other people do and that there is, I don't know, I'm just learning all these things. I'm just learning all these things. And I'm just kind of taking this anecdotal survey of the world around me because I do feel a little bit, I do feel a little bit disconnected from it, not being like a daily commuter and not really being out in the world. I mean, honestly. And then when I when I go out and I meet younger people and I see that how they use things is kind of similar to the way that I do, but not. And that I'm more and more like my jokes are old internet jokes. I don't know if the next generation is going to understand my old internet jokes. And that (laughs) kind of pains me a little bit. Like no one's going to get the flying toaster meme, you know, in the next generation. Like, how do I explain that? How do I explain the concept of after dark to the next generation of children? By explaining it to the next generation of children, we are. See, it, it was take, a screensaver. It takes a village flow. <laughs> a flying toasters. It's it's up to us to dump water and crap on top of these kids in the form of our own pop culture, so that uh, they can carry these memes forward. Well, I was just so I was just watching Blackish before while well, we were watching dinner, um, because like the good, you know, American family that my husband and I have created for ourselves, we love to watch TV with our dinner. It's just, you know, just show me what's going down in sitcom town. Although that that's something that the, the the naysayers I do agree with. I think you should limit the amount of screen time that you allow your dinners to have. 
mm-hmm. because your dinner is at that awkward age of development uh, where it needs to learn socialization. I think also your your dinner needs to learn how to entertain itself and how to be alone with its thoughts. It's true. So it's true. I'm, I'm, I'm those... not. Te- I'm not telling you how to raise your dinners. I'm, no, I'm... I understand. I understand. But I, mean, you I, know... I have no dinners myself, so I, I'm I'm not one to to speak. <laughs> Only lunches in the Andes realm. Only lunches and brunches. A lunch that starts uh, at 10 a.m. and ends <laughs> about 20 minutes before you go to bed. Uh, but yeah, I was watching Blackish in the whole, it was their 100th episode and it was about Prince. And the whole premise <laughs> was the the father of the kid, the young you know kids who were in, supposed to be in middle school. They didn't know who Prince was. They heard them all singing to Prince. They're like, what? Who or what is Prince? And like the whole episode is explaining the greatness of Prince. And I realized like that's going to be me explaining internet memes and jokes to my children and or... <laughs> pets or whoever I have in my care in the future, because that's all I know. Mm. I don't know if I'm catching on quickly enough to everything else that's going on. My, my difficulty is when, let let me explain the it's a trap meme to you. Now, oh, yes. There was a great trilogy of movies that that this comes, this, this loop of gifs, of gifs that you're looking at comes from. Let me give you the context around that. I know that now you can't hear that one line in which Admiral Akbar, his name is Admiral Akbar, by the way, says, it's a trap. And you're, oh, ha ha, look, he's saying, oh, it's just like that time where, no, 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 because they realized this was their last ditch effort to defeat the evil empire. And they thought they had this wonderful plan. They thought they had a limited window of opportunity in which the Death Star was going to be vulnerable. But you fought, but then they realized that, yes, they worked right into a trap. And now they don't know. And you, the audience, by proxy, have no idea if there will be any light in this universe for any time to come. So please try to think of that and think of how it hurts my feelings as a 73-year-old bachelor who wants to know if you're going to finish the rest of that hot dog in the park. <laughs> um, I, I have picked off fries off of a table before. I'm just going to – I don't know why I mentioned that, but you just reminded me in- of the time that I picked off fries after people had left the table. Listen, they look like perfectly fine fries. Okay. I was hungry. Anyway, I just needed to lament to you about these things that I'm that I'm figuring out. And also the fact that I do feel like an outlier sometimes, even around people my age, because I don't use technology the same way they do. And it's funny because in in my youth, when I was younger, I was the one that was on the internet and everybody else was off of it. <laughs> and now it's sort of this like weird reversal where I'm on the internet because that's like where I make my money and and where I express myself and a lot of my social circles exist. But I'm trying so much more to live off of it as everybody else is like so much on it. I don't know. It's just, you know. Well, it's 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 gentrification. <laughs> it happens in, in online communities as well. We're really we're the losers that moved into this digital space where no one else wanted to be because it was dark and scary and had no joy and no light in it. We built in this hinterlands a beautiful, interesting, vibrant community. And then that's when the cool kids said, ooh, great, let's go here and talk about our sports bars and our, our makeup and our politics. When we, um, Let's not t- talk at all uh, about the new XML markup structure that there are going to be changes that are pending for the next two years because we're not interested in that. Let's talk about religion. And 
Yeah, and so now we have to go someplace else. We have to create either a dark web or we have to start journaling, for God's sakes. What do you think I've done? <laughs> I've started journaling. <laughs> I've gone back. I've gone back to my primary method of uh, thinking out loud, as they do say. Uh, and I have to say, it does not pay as much. As, <laughs> as a thought that is written in a text file that mm. could be sold for money. Uh, it's just, it's very, it's very interesting, Andy, the way things are changing and yet how much they also stay the same. And I do think the idea of the gentrification of the internet is, is a concept that I'm going to yeah. definitely take from you and use in other conversations with other people. So thank you. All I <laughs> All, all I know is that every online community or like online service I've been to started off really cool or at least as cool as it could be while welcoming someone like me into it. And then eventually it turns into, oh, you're actually a bot or, oh, actually, you're just trying to sell stuff to me. Yes. That's what I'm uh, and weirdly, lately, it's been a lot of people, a lot of spam accounts on Twitter with like felt letter boards. It's really weird. It's really weird. Um, Andy, when I was eating dinner this evening, which we record this podcast very late because Andy and I, um, we like to have, we like this podcast to have a late night, like Howard Stern without the problematic tendencies <laughs> feel, uh, you know, and with all the, the petty gossip. And one thing that happened that I didn't realize is that there was a, like a weird sort of Google outage. Like yeah, late, well, late this afternoon. Yeah, well, it was it was it was kind of funny uh, the other day that uh, turns out that a lot of uh, uh, Google's traffic was being routed through I don't know Russia and China, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> and once again it was that same problem that happened a few a, a couple of weeks ago that shut down YouTube for a while. Uh, a Nigerian ISP basically misconfigured misconfigured their routing tables uh and so a whole bunch of google traffic went all the way around the mulberry bush instead of where it was supposed to go uh no google doesn't think that it was malicious russia and china but okay we don't think there was malicious also all these packets were encrypted so it's not as though they were sending credit card numbers basically into random bathroom stalls uh, across <laughs> armenia or anything like of the such, but it, it's another good opportunity to remind myself and everybody else that it was a bunch of like nerds, academics, and hippies who built every single piece of infrastructure on the internet. And even the really, even the ones in the 1970s, early 80s, who believe that Oswald acted in concert with 18 other government entities to kill JFK, they didn't think that it was going to be important to make sure that this huge piece of infrastructure could not be tampered with. They wanted to make sure it would be easy for more hippies and nerds and academics like themselves could get their TRS-80s and connect them uh, to the PDP-11s. So it's as a result, it turns out that it's not all that hard for someone who is either malicious and intent or incredibly undertrained for the job they've been given there at a Nigerian ISP or a Pakistani censorship bureau to really screw things up for everybody. So um, I, uh, I don't encourage you to do what I've been doing for the past three weeks, which is to mull over the, the rather uh, festering question, if this 
bad stuff can happen by someone just making a mistake, how much damage could you do if you really wanted to screw up the entire planet? Whoops, well, I'll leave that as, a, as an exercise to, uh, <laughs> for, for further contemplation on this uh, holiday week. If, if, you're, you, if you're listening to the show late, maybe you're defrosting the turkey and you're thinking, oh, I really want to go to bed right now. It's 10 p.m., but the bird isn't even defrosted yet. And if I put it in the oven right now, uh, it's going to be done like three hours before people come. So think about that. That will keep you up until 3 or 4 a.m., which is probably about the time when the brining and the defrosting is over with. And you do need to get the thing in the oven for the uh, pounds per minute sort of thing. Um, good luck getting to bed after that. But uh, the point was to make sure that you have a good, uh, well-cooked and safe-to-serve uh, turkey for you and your family members. Uh, and again, deep, deep, deep concerns about the future of uh, vital internet infrastructure uh, is better than two cases of this uh, Pepsi 1893 uh, with the caffeine and the colonets. I am just reminded that the internet is literally just a series of pipes. And if sludge goes down the wrong pipe... Sludge is going to come out the wrong tub, faucet, the wrong faucet into the wrong tub. Yeah. Darn it. <laughs> that was almost perfect. I, see, I, I was reminded, to, I was also reminded today that at least if, if there's things I don't understand about how computers and the internet works, I can at least think that, well, it's all a system of ones and zeros. I understand ones and zeros. I've been operating light switches since I was three or four years old easily. Uh, but the quantum computing is going to change all that. Because now you're talking about supercooled semiconductors operating at a critical zero temperature, and now you're talking about spin rates. And I don't. I I, I spent my another two hours today trying to update and figure out what I understand about quantum computing, and realizing that there's going to be a point in which I'm going to be having to like be the grandpa says, fix my my quant my my quantum VCR keeps flashing twelve o'clock. Could <laughs> you, you Sonny, could you fix my quantum VCR? It's it's not gonna be about ones and zeros anymore. It's gonna We're be getting old. We're getting old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the internet keeps breaking. Uh you know what would help us get old is some sponsorship. That's right. We could use the money for um, more alcohol and bad life choices. And I agree. Third I agree. helpings of pies and the, mm -hmm. the, the Virginia hams mm -hmm. and shave more and more years off. Of By our the way, room. I ordered all of my Thanksgiving food from a grocery store. Well done. Yes, I, I ordered it. Don't be. The, the, when I started doing Thanksgiving, like I realized that the f biggest mistake you make is trying to be a hero. Like no, people it's... people are not there to to people are there for the companionship for the friendship and i a, hope so and a very <laughs> and a very good meal they're not necessarily there because oh she she had a turkey ordered in this is the worst thing no they'll say oh look it's beautifully cooked and there's plenty for everybody that's all they're it's a whole care foods about. turkey i'm just gonna say i'm just gonna be honest here it's a whole foods turkey so it's gonna come perfect and like and like it was happy when it with slaughters <laughs> and and with with a little man bun made out of like julienne exactly. green beans exactly. on top of it. See, it's perfect. Uh, I feel like now we should go to an Let's, ad yeah. before I talk more. <laughs> I'm on cough syrup and a decongestion. Hey, this episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. 
Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create an online portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has got you covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They'll let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. Do you know how many of my freelance colleagues I know across the internet who are using Squarespace to run their websites? A lot. A lot of them. Because it's so darn easy to use. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. They're also pretty affordable. You can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com backslash material. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code material, that's the name of this podcast, to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And of course, to show your support for us, material. Once again, that's squarespace.com backslash material and the code material to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website. I haven't been outside for in a couple of days because it's been smoky as heck outside, and I haven't been able to breathe air that is not like severely unhealthy, which is a bummer because this is now a constant thing that I deal with on now an annual basis. Uh, so I've been in the house for a couple of days, uh, and I'm not feeling very healthy. Not feeling very healthy. Uh, maybe Google Health can help me feel healthy in the future, but right now I don't feel healthy. Mm. I feel trapped. <laughs> well, I, I I hope things. See, this is this is this is a downer of an episode. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to everybody. everyone that I no, did that I, again because this is just the. Just, this is. I'm just the, being honest. Again, I haven't. You know, you're exactly. I've been inside. I've been inside with the HEPA filters and all the fans running. You know, I miss opening windows. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> I really do. Well, it, uh, it, I, I, I've, it'll make us uh, put in the, us in the mood for that big Mary Poppins uh, uh, sequel that's coming out, and with uh, Mark Lin, Lin, Mark, in Miranda, coming up soon. The the the, the one with M, uh, Emily Blunt. Yeah, see, that's the, that's the name I couldn't come up with. Because I, I think I'm not. I don't want to be unfair to her. I'm just saying that I can only define her as the one who is not Julie Andrews. Yes. Okay, that's fair. That, which is uh, not fair at all. Justice. For even though, worth. even though, to be fair, it is manifestly true she's not Julie Andrews. Yes. I think I. I yes. We haven't had her tested. Okay, but you know, if we had her like pee into a cup and tested it, I think the genetic markers for Julie Andrews syndrome would be not there. See, we keep making all these references to things that you do at a doctor's office, like pee in a cup. <laughs> because we're trying to talk yeah, so about Google's role in the this is, this is This is like, you know, one of those YouTube, like Tokyo Drift videos <laughs> as she tries to get that, get those, get that car back on the track. Okay. So uh, there, is, there is some Google news this week, uh, which we will, we will discuss. One, one of them is, uh, uh, it seems kind of subtle, but actually, it's uh, when you think about it, it's actually kind of cool. Uh, you know how uh, Deep Minds 
was a company, a AI company that Google bought, and they were working on Project Mind, a whole bunch of different artificial intelligence projects, inc including things as important as teaching a computer how to play the ancient uh, game of Go, uh, and things as trivial yes. and whimsical as diagnosing and administering uh, health problems for hundreds of thousands of people in Great Britain uh, in the National Health Service. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, they, Apple, well, Google has decided that uh, they've got, they've got a, a new purpose in mind and they've got a new organization. So they're creating this new part of Google called Google Health that is sort of observe, uh, absorbing all of the health-related projects from Project Mind, uh, including Streams, which is that massive health app that, uh, that, that helps, uh, helps doctors and nurses and other medical people uh, identify and diagnose problems. Uh, it's pretty interesting because... You think about Project Mind, you look what they're doing, it really is, they weren't doing things that were scattershot, but it was the unifying element amongst everything that they were doing is artificial intelligence, whereas it, health was just one interesting thing they could do with this AI technology that they were working on. Now, when you think about all this being spun off into Google Health, also the fact that Streams is a functioning platform that now about a dozen, dozen and a half hospitals have now signed under to. It's an interesting strategy for, a uh, better strategy for Google dealing with health products. They Essentially, it feels as though uh, Streams has now graduated from an artificial intelligence research project to something like a health platform uh, that is now a workable, something that deserves to be called a Google product because it actually does stuff. Uh, it's, like, it's like a new strategic slash uh, operational mo model. Uh, Christina Farr over at CNET uh, mm -hmm. had a really good quote here uh, from her article about it, uh, saying that uh, the newly formed Google Health entity will include a products division, which incorporates health hardware as well as a research effort. The company has made significant investments in bringing digital technologies to the medical sector as it looks to diversify its portfolio outside of advertising and search. Uh, and when she was uh, talking about uh, this post uh, on Twitter, she basically summed it up very nicely in saying that, that this is a step towards having a unified strategy towards creating a, a health platform for artificial intelligence as opposed to, oh, look, this is something that we're kind of playing with Uh Apple is obviously doing kind of the same sort of thing without necessarily having a separate unit called Apple Health. For them, it's just sort of an app that they've got. Uh, but it's nice to see, uh, whereas Samsung, you, you definitely know that all of their health initiatives are just features that they bundle into a phone that they could take or leave uh, whenever, they, whenever they decide that they're no longer interested in it. But promoting it into its own spinoff and making sure that everything that's really, really promising about artificial intelligence as relates to health gets spun off into the promoted into this varsity grade sort of unit. That's probably good news for anybody who's interested in technology and health. I'm not entirely sure how to feel about this or kind of what my opinion is on it, but I just know that, uh, so just for anybody out there who would like to continue following Google's sort of in really all tech companies in the way that they are moving into the health space, Christina Farr at CNBC is uh, the person on the beat to follow. Uh, I am a big fan of her work. 
because she does bring to mind this this quiet little subtle movement that's been happening in Silicon Valley for several years now. I mean, I remember back when Google had announced the contact lens that could help diabetics. And I had done an article for the publication I was at. I'd interviewed a couple of diabetics and sort of asked them how they felt about this. And the general consensus is a lot of people want to be taken care of. They want they want these sort of medical advancements, but I don't think I don't think the transparency is a hundred percent there. And when I Google streams, uh, when I Google it in the Google search engine, I come up with what actually came up was a couple of um, and I'm sure this is just because of the word streams, but a couple of articles about how to increase hospital revenue streams. And I just I just get I just get worried that technology you know, in all of its effectiveness and the things that it could do to help humankind, I do get worried about like the over capitalization of it (laughs) in the sense that I want it to be a really helpful thing. And not just because, and not just because a tech company is trying to expand its revenue streams, you know? Nope. Nope. I'm, I'm with you. Um, I was having the same sort of concerns when Apple announced the new version of the Apple Watch that uh, was doing that. This is the this is the first watch the FDA had approved to be sort mm-hmm. of akin to an electrocardiogram that you didn't have to have a doctor's note right. in order to get. And as we learned more about it, we knew. Excuse me. I, I came to the conclusion it wasn't nearly as big a thing as Apple was making it out to be. Uh, but I've, all the same, it got me thinking about what happens when, uh, let's say that Apple comes out with uh, the hardware plus the artificial intelligence to look at the data that watch is collecting in a way that demonstrates that, look, people who have this, we are, we are now able to uh, detect certain markers that are going to, that, it can, that have uh, been shown to prevent death or serious injury right. from stroke or heart attack. And here's the data that we've got. Does it then become an ethical problem for Apple to keep the Apple Watch as uh, an iOS? Like you need to have an iPhone in order to have an Apple Watch and, and make use of these features. Does it then become a problem where, look, you have an, you are ethically compromised if you don't make sure that it's available for Android or you don't at least open source the resources that make uh, that make this res- that make these life saving features. Uh, implementable on other devices. Um, and yeah, this is a, to be sure, Google Health is there as a business unit of Google to try to make a lot of money. Also, one of the th- when you said you were Googling about uh, about the Streams project, one of the things I thought you, you were going to come up with was uh, it's associated with a huge scandal with the National Health Service a couple of years ago because they the, the NHS has uh, an immense amount of requirements, uh, even more strict than the United States Medical Records Board, about how, how you can share patient records and make, mm. how you can protect uh, patient confidentiality. And the independent board that oversees all such transactions eventually concluded that the NHS allowed the allowed Google to participate in this program when they shouldn't have because mm-hmm. the benefit to patients seemed to be minimal and the benefit to Google and being allowed to observe so much data and learn lessons from it was so big uh, to say nothing of 
potential violations of a patient confidentiality, but they really did highlight the thing where, look, if you're going to come up here and and introduce something for testing into our patient base, it has to be something that's going to benefit our patients. Even if it's neutral, that's not good enough because you're sucking in all kinds of data that will allow you to build a product that you can then sell back to us or sell to the rest of the world. So this is the sort of stuff that uh, that ethicists have been talking about for the past three or four years, and they'll probably have to keep considering until two days after the heat death of the universe. <laughs> Uh, Andy, you bring up a really good point. And actually I was just reading that this week in about that this week in regards to period tracking apps in the fact that a lot of the period tracking apps in order for them to be super, to, to be helpful and to provide aid, um, they need to sort of aggregate the data that you give them and you give them such like pinpointed data because they ask you everything, like every little thing about your body and what's going on with it and what you were doing around that time and tracking all of that. But all that data is being put into a larger pool to sort of teach whatever this machine is to give you the best results. And there's a lot of fear that it's not as private as these companies are saying they are. And, you know, patient confidentiality, I don't really think about it because I'm not at the doctor constantly, but I realize how important it is not to have like those little things, you know, there's a lot of things I don't tell people and a lot of it has to do with my health. I don't want that out there. (laughs) The little things I don't talk about, like what is going on internally with my body because a, it's nobody's business, but mine really. Uh, And B there's a reason that things like HIPAA, exists in the United States and why the NHS uh, in the UK is so tight-lipped about patient confidentiality because it's, again, it's just such an individualistic thing. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see like where Silicon Valley takes this. I'm just, I don't exactly, I don't have a total opinion on it yet because I haven't seen the way that it's going to affect us. Yeah. Because it hasn't really affected me. I'm not... Um, I'm not using apps right now to help me do anything. I'm not even using like fitness apps besides, you know, step counting and that sort of thing. And so I don't really rely on this for that kind of data, but I know a lot of people who do and who get, who do get really excited about the ability to have an app sort of coach them through life and through Mm -hmm. well-being. Um, so I don't know. I just, I just really hope that there are some rules and regulations in place that help users in the end with this sort of thing. Because if we are going to allow tech to infiltrate health, the health world, uh, we have to make sure that it's in our best interest and not in the interest of the companies who are doing the work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think about like uh, uh, famous cases where I'll, I'll make it abstract where let's, let's say mm-hmm. that I, I agree to allow a sample of my blood to be used in, in some sort of a sequencing study. And they notice well, there's 23 in me does stuff like that. <laughs> well, no, I, I meant, I meant that let's say, let, let's say that they, they find, gosh, uh, this Anatko fellow, excuse me, mm-hmm. <laughs> anonymous patient 844 <laughs> has a interesting mutation that implies right. that he has an immunity that we've never seen before. And based on this immunity, they basically make copies of that gene and they find a therapy that could save millions of lives per year. 
would I, on that basis, if they were to use that to create a medical therapy that is available to everybody, that they simply say, oh, I'd, much, I'd much rather have the Nobel Prize and the knowledge that, that we've, our team has saved millions of lives per year and we will make this therapy available for free to everybody. Would I be upset that they decided to take some of my genetic material or some, essentially my copyrighted material? Uh, and no, I wouldn't because, okay, you know, that's fair. That uh, if, What kind of a selfish jerk would I be if I didn't want millions of people to be uh, to, to, to die needlessly? I'd be very, very happy about that, even as an anonymous participant. But now let's change it so that it says, instead of saving tens of millions of people, they're going to save, let's say, hundreds of thousands of people by keeping this a proprietary technology that they're going to sell for a series of 12 treatments at $110,000 per treatment. Then I'd be pretty damn steamed. There you go. I would That's, be litigious. Yeah. I would say, you don't, no, 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 no. <laughs> that is my that that is that i i made that <laughs> you don't i'm not, i'm not saying i'm not saying you get you know, i need to be kicked in on sons uh, i need to get my beak wet somewhere in some of this life saving money i'm saying you don't get to keep this proprietary if this is benefits to everybody the injury to myself is nothing but if you are essentially trying to i feel like i'm being abused uh, that i would feel like i'm being part of this scam to make sure that people who can't afford this treatment but want their their mom or their dad or their kid to live will be bankrupted for life because they can't afford this treatment but they have to somehow get this treatment. That's and it's the same thing when we hand over our data that I don't think I'd have much of a problem hypothetically if we knew that this is all being this is not only is this anonymized data that's being protected by an international standard for making sure that this data is anonymous anonymized for research purposes but also this is a publicly available database that anybody can this is a data set that anybody can throw an algorithm against and try to figure things out it's only when i find out that because i was <laughs> because when i showed up for uh, for my appendectomy uh, it was 3 a.m. <laughs> I was worried about the surgery. I was given I was I was given 81 different things to sign. One of them said that oh by the way Google gets to use your patient data. It's like you don't get yeah it's you don't get to simply take data and do what you want with it. So I'm rambling on because again cold medication, but it's going to be a bigger problem until uh, it's uh, every every day in every way I'm increasingly convinced that we're going to need some sort of federal laws even if even if a constitutional amendment a new addition to the bill of rights that essentially says that your personal data is your personal data it is always your personal data and a company can at best only license it from you and you always have the ability to revoke that license at your at your will well put andy it's a good we're going to leave that for some food for thought for the people listening, um, because that'll definitely be something that I think will pop up some more in the new year. Yes. Well, I'm hoping I've been also I've been stalling because I'm hoping that sometime if the if we let this go for another like ten or twenty minutes, the new version of the Google Camera app will show up. I know. Been, I tried. I tried to, and and no uh, dice. No I'm dice. not in it. We're, we're all, not. You know, we're not in it together. At least. Yeah. I I almost you know? installed the APK. 
<laughs> because I'm not. I, I'm just not. I'm. I'm gonna wait. I know. We should. We should tell people what we're talking about. Yes. Uh, but but no, we shouldn't because you jerks. You're listening to this a couple of days in the future, and you probably already have the new version of the Pixel camera app uh, with the True. Night Sight feature that got showed off during the uh, Google event last month. Uh, and but now it's live in the field, and uh, there's a Google blog, AI blog Ish. post about it. Okay, I mean the, the for the Google Field-ish. definition of we we, we it's, it, it is like like my cold. At some point, someone was the first person to get this. You simply have to wait for it to arrive. Somewhat propagated, exactly. Um, <laughs> And but uh, Android police and uh, and other other people have the APK. If you can't wait, I yeah, you're right. I, sh- I should wait. But the between the blog post and people at the Verge and whatever who've been writing about it, ooh, it really looks like they're delivering the goods here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's as as always when there's a demo during a industry keynote, you're like, oh, that does look like a. Very good photo taken in almost no lighting. Sure, sure that, sure. that would be good if that were an actual thing that actually does what it promises. As to now, I'm, I will take <laughs> you your. You guys marketing. photoshopped it and put it on the slide. I know well, how you make these powerpoints. It's, it's a what? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not that cynical, but it's it's all marketing until it's actually in my hands and I can make it break or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh the, the first big good piece of news was that uh, it was promised for the Pixel 3 but it's also available for the Pixel 2 and the original Pixel. Hooray. Um it's optimized for the Pixel 3 and the Pixel 3 XL, but you can still get the the meat of these features pretty much uh, on either platform. Um and it is uh the, the the blog post is well worth reading because it's a very readable and ex- understandable walkthrough of how mm-hmm. this technology works uh it really is uh a combination of uh old fashioned stuff that's been around for a long time mm-hmm. which is let's just take a whole bunch of exposures and stack them so that we get more detail and we and we lose uh, more image noise all the way to let's use all of these sensors to figure uh, and uh, uh, scene analysis to detect when, because these are going to be kind of long-ish exposures, to detect when there's motion in the frame and try to select frames in which there are things that are, in which the cat has actually made it all the way through the frame or which people have sort of settled down. Uh, the, the upshot being that uh, it really is, it isn't a low light camera. They're really trying to make the point uh, in the blog post that this is a like no light camera. They uh, they have they have this little ch- this little uh, uh, this little table here that kind of gives you a a take on what different kinds of. Uh, uh, how dark is too dark? Levels. Exactly. Well, how 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 dark is diff- is different kind of dark? Um, and in so, lux levels, by the way, in lux levels. And so, uh, this new feature is designed to really, really work when you've got uh, uh, one. I think it was a one lux, or they they describe it as a sidewalk illuminated by one street lamp. All the way down to 0.3 lux, which they defined as it's so dark that you, if you drop your keys, you can't find, you can't see them yeah. to pick them up, uh, and that is pretty darn impressive. The third, the the, the that's really good. I just want to point out that that's very good instructional information as well. Like the way that they laid this whole thing out uh, is very user friendly. I just. Just yeah. want to give my kudos to the editorial We're... team who put this blog post together. <laughs> exactly. It's very instruct instructive and easy to read. I, I wish and they... relatable. 
I'm sorry, between three lux and point three lux. So that's sidewalk lit by a street lamp down to can't yeah. find my keys on the floor as they And put it, it goes all the way up to like a thousand lux, which is sidewalk on an overcast day, or thirty thousand lux, which is the sidewalk lit by direct sunlight. <laughs> um and my favorite is the ten lux, which is the minimum for finding socks that match in your drawer. <laughs> We'll post this in the show notes so you can you can check it out. It's I'm, it's a cute and handy table. It's, it's cute. It's also reminding me that I'm I'm currently on a campaign of replacing all of my socks with one standard sock because I've spent too much time like buying eh, gray socks that aren't quite matchable. That's what I'm saying. Up uh, but, but the but that's that really does show you what their ambition is here because we're when we talk about low light we're talking about oh look there's almost wow it's really really dim lighting here in this restaurant or bar is that, no this is this is a photo mode for when you are apt to think there is not even any point to my even trying to take a picture in this lighting uh, they even talk about uh, they even have a shot of uh, of astrophotography uh, just here's the here's the stars mm-hmm. in the sky. Uh, and pointing out that, well, for this one, yes, we definitely did have it on a tripod, uh, but that also shows off how smart it is. It knows if it if it senses that the phone is on a tripod or that you've got it leaned you've got leaned up against a hard object and it's not moving, it'll go for broke for even yeah. longer exposures. If it knows if it thinks that you're hand holding it, it'll go for shorter exposures and maybe mm-hmm. not quite the same kind of quality. Um, they also had to fix had a couple other problems where. Uh, uh, using a learning-based auto white balance system uh, that they say they had so much, so good, so much good luck with on this new feature that they really want to roll it into the mainstream HDR plus because uh, you you know what you 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 use auto white balance all the time, but there are some times when uh, the image looks blue because the white balance is off because there's artificial lighting, but sometimes it looks blue because it's a night scene. Uh, it, it, there's a blue sky and there's white snow underneath, and that's just the color that the blue sky. It feels if you were actually there, you'd be seeing blue tinted snow, and maybe you want to preserve that. So they've given a it, it, basically this new feature has the ability to figure out what is an actual what is a uh, what is an unnatural looking white balance and what is just oh well that's just sort of a color cast because of the lighting uh, in the actual scene so it's not going to be painted green because of that street lamp but if there's like a, a if if there's a like a a, a uh, uh, like a bonfire somewhere and you can see some reddish tones it's not going to try to color correct those reddish tones um there's also <laughs> they also note that at if point at point three lux it's too dark to find your keys. That's also too dark for autofocus to actually work. So mm-hmm. if it can't focus on anything, it will actually give you like two buttons near focus. Either the subject is near, touch that button, or the subject is far away, touch that button, and so it'll give you like two fixed focus uh, to infinity uh, that will give you uh, a good measure of uh, focus control over it. Um, also, also works on selfies and with the selfie camera, uh, it's really, 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 it looks pretty hot. The, the samples okay, that are given... hold on. We need to talk about that Yosemite Valley at nighttime photo that they posted. <laughs> so when you go to the Google blog, there's a photo of Yosemite Valley and it is at nighttime done with a Canon DSLR at a three minute exposure. And it's supposed to show the way that the pixel 
can do sort of like the same. And so now I really want to try this. Yeah. I want to try to to emulate that sort of thing because the only phone that I've been successfully able to do that with has been uh, the LG V series. So the V20 and the V30, the V30 in particular, uh, has some great long exposure times. I, I think it, it goes up to like 30, 30 seconds because it has the manual camera mode. I also think it's just interesting that uh, the way Google describes this this feature is a lot different than maybe the way it works on com- the competition, like on LG and Samsung phones, mm-hmm. in the sense that it's not really a manual mode that you're going into. It is literally just a mode called Night Sight and you go into it, and, and, and it'll then even, you s- and it'll even suggest it if it says, eh, "There really mm-hmm. isn't any light here." How about you switch to to night night yeah. sight mode? Yeah, and you can go in and um, set the exposure time. Oh, excuse me. So the exposure time is shown in Google Photos, so that you can go in and and check it under the info. But you don't set any of that in the camera app. It just does it for you, so you don't have to think about it. So a person like me who has experience playing around with camera hardware and playing around with, you know, exposure uh, variables and things of the sort. It's not a big deal for me to go into a manual camera app and set all of that stuff and take a, a long exposure shot that looks like daytime when it's night. But for, you know, the every person, that's not exactly like who wants to spend minutes setting up a phone on a, you know, on a tripod <laughs> to get the exposure and the shutter speed just right so that it captures all those things. Like it is not easy. And so it's kind of interesting, the idea of having like the AI do that for you. And I'm very curious to see if this is going to creep out of the mobile phone and onto other camera yeah. hardware. <laughs> I'd love to see it. It just, it just looks like it's going to be so much fun fun to use some of their some of the sample photos that they've been showing both in the google blog and the people who've been writing about it on the verge and elsewhere uh includes people even though the the blog says this is probably not a good choice for a scene which there's lots and lots of pictures lots and lots of movement so if you so like if there's a harbor side of boats bobbing in the water it's probably not going to work but nonetheless you have like selfies of people being lit only by the screen of their phones in a completely dark room and it's a very, very good comprehensive photo. Um, and even though, and even more impressive, knowing that this is technically a uh, full, uh, here is a, the, the blog post explains uh, what the shutter speeds are like or how long it takes for it to create one of these images. A quote, thus, depending on which pixel phone you have, the ca- the kind of camera you're using, the amount of hand uh, um, hand motion, uh, scene motion and scene brightness, night sight, cap- night sight captures 15 frames of 1 15th of a second or less each, or six frames of one second each or anything in between. So it's going to figure out, but you're, you're talking about it's going to take at least a second for it to get all the data it needs to build that image. But that doesn't mean it's necessarily a one second exposure, but it will give you all the light that you might get with a one second exposure. Um, and also it's going to take, a, it's it, like HDR plus, it's going to take like a second or two for all that stuff to process. Um, and the third thing that uh, we're used to with a pixel phone, uh, taking uh, tapping on the shutter button and boom, whatever was in the screen when we tap that button, that's the picture, you know, because it's actually capturing frames before we even and discarding the old ones before we go. 
uh, but this uses positive shutter lag, which means that only when you tap the button does it start like opening the shutter, so to speak. So uh, I get if you're trying to catch, oh, look at that raccoon. He's running across the street. Let's get a photo using night sight. No, that's not going to work for a multitude of reasons. Also, because he's going to already have his butt in the, uh, in the garbage can before you actually tap the button. Uh, but so but it's going to be fun to play with. There's uh, uh, they I was so pleased that they mentioned um, that a lot of the original work in this comes out of uh, an app called SynthCam that was originally made for iOS uh, mm. by the Stanford <laughs> professor, <laughs> uh, the Stanford professor who a couple of years after releasing SynthCam as a research thing uh, was hired by Google as their like head uh, deep brain imaging guy. Uh, and I remember getting this on my like iPhone three or iPhone, even my iPhone one, maybe, and just having so much fun with this picture, with this ca- new kind of camera where you just hold it and you, if uh, you can actually watch the picture sort of like becoming sharper and sharper and more defined the longer you expose it, because it is taking all of these images and that in that case. Uh, with that case, it was actually using the video camera. So was, you're taking video frames and stacking them, but you're saying, my God, look, there's like a blurry background and a sharp foreground. And my God, I can actually see like details in the trees late at night. Uh, and to be able to get that and get that sort of amount of fun from my camera at, at regular, like print size, regular uh, resolution. Oh boy. Um, and the, and, and really the, the last thing though, is that, it's hard to really show people it's hard to really impress people with a new camera on a phone these days because they're mm-hmm. all so really good that if you're if you're not spending a budget or even a mid-range amount of money for a phone if you're buying if you're buying a a, a key phone from a major maker it's going to come down to like little details they're they're all going to take really great pictures so it's yeah. going to come down to doing things that are really really interesting like apple's portrait lighting feature where it's totally synthetic but wow there's an interesting lighting effect that i'm not that i can't get with my friends phones and now when you see a lot of people are going to be posting to instagram these amazing pictures that are impossible to get on an iphone uh, or a samsung phone that's gonna be that that's gonna affect a buying decision or two maybe Okay, I just want to add that when you go to the uh, Google Photos album where you can see all the sample photos, I have to say that a lot of the photos are a little blurry. The the light enhanced ones, the ones that have the night sight features, they're a tiny bit blurry, which I think just just show just goes to show that it doesn't matter how dark it is. The same laws of photography apply in that. If you move the camera, there's going to be a tiny bit of blur. If you're holding the camera and you're taking a photo, there's going to be a tiny bit of blur. And who's to say that there won't be a tiny bit of blur if you have it on a tripod? It's just a very hard to make light out of dark. <laughs> it is. As, it's a lot. As, it's a as, lot of algorithms. As, as much of a, many of us in America have been learning to oh, our geez. regret over yes, the past yes. year. <laughs> very, very yes. hard to make light out of dark. Right. Also, an anecdote from the life, if anybody would like it. <laughs> yeah, as as it happens, though, I've got, I'm, uh, I've got radio tomorrow, so I'm going to be, like, in the in the city, uh, and I think I'm going to have to 
bring my tripod with me and just in case I can download the new camera app because there's some, it gets dark early now. And so I can be in like the courtyard of the Boston Public Library with a big, nice statue and the, right, and, right. And the public garden with the statue mm-hmm. of George Washington over the lagoon. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, it's, it's, this is going to be like getting a chainsaw for Christmas or, or, oh, sorry, maybe better, more apt analogy. Like when there's a big storm and a tree, the big tree limb falls in the front yard. Like, oh, well, I, you know, I, I normally like just cut this up with my handsaw, but oh, I get the, then you get the chainsaw <laughs> and it takes and it takes you 15 minutes to do the job <laughs> you bought it for. And then the rest of the day you're spending playing a game called Let's See If It'll Cut This. Exactly. Uh, Honey, by the way, were, I, I, <laughs> were we definitely going to buy a new sofa for the downstairs or we were just or we were just thinking about it? <laughs> Now it's now it's a love seat, yeah. two love seats. Uh, I, I just want to, I just want to add that um, in tenth grade, my father cut off my cast because I just couldn't stand wearing it anymore. He cut it off with a Dremel, <laughs> <laughs> a Dremel with like a little with a little uh, sharp little sharp blade on there, little sharp circular blade. Very slowly went through and cut the cast off. I had broken my toe, oh. so I didn't really need a full cast. Okay. It wasn't like a serious bone injury. Um, it was just a very hurt toe, but it was just a lot. It was a lot. And my dad cut it off. Were so. you now, were you certain that he wasn't just trying to say, I bet that as soon as, as soon as the spinning devil blade starts like getting close to her flesh, she'll say, no, it's okay. It's okay. I can wait till the doctor's appointment next week. <laughs> or was he serious about, no, it's fine. No, he was serious. Ah. He's very much like, well, because I, didn't want to wait to go to the doctor's office to get it off. I was like, I need to get it off. It's itchy. Like it's just a broken toe. And you know, I, it didn't even get me the kind of attention I wanted at school. It just didn't. <laughs> I thought it would get me a little more attention, a little sympathy and like nobody cared. So, <laughs> so I just wanted it off. I wanted to go back to normal life. Um, you slammed, and that's you slammed that toe in that desk drawer for nothing. <laughs> Actually, what happened was I slipped on a newly mopped hardwood floor in socks oh. and went straight into the wall at, Good. like, high speed. Yeah. Ouch. Hmm. Were, were you at least able to exploit that for, like, pity and or guilt? I tried. I tried. It worked a little bit. It happened on Thanksgiving, too. <laughs> Uh, I think we're coming up to the anniversary of that. But anyway, uh, you you oh, can't God, cut that things. Means, that means that it, like if you're, if you have Thanksgiving with your family, you have to hear that story every damn year. Who knew that Kaiser Emergency Room was open on Thanksgiving Day for for, and I, you for know, her toes? It was like I can remember it because every single day I was yelling, Florence, don't run in the house. Florence, one day you're gonna get hurt. Oh when you yeah, fr- you know my mother totally. Yep, I got that. I got that. And I heard I, all I heard was a bang, and then someone crying. And yep. as I'm walking in, I'm saying, "Florence, you were running in the house." Why? That's you? exactly what happened. And now you might lose your no foot, sympathy like whatsoever. your uncle Dave. Why did. were you running for the? I was running for the phone because back then we didn't. Ha- I didn't have a mobile phone. The phone was on the wall outside, and I. I really wanted to answer it. So there we go again, talking about the past and just (laughs) reminding those of you who may be of the young persuasion, just how far we've come in technological advances Mm. that I don't have to run for a phone anymore. It's literally always in my pocket. 
so I never have to run. Also, I mean, before you start, before you keep making fun of like people who are older, like Flo and definitely me, realize that we can we can tell those little stories, and but there's no video evidence of it. So, like my my, my mom would not be able Very to true. show the video of me jumping off the top of the refrigerator when I was like four years old and getting this scar on my forehead. Nor would she say put on Instagram as a laugh, and it winds up being an internet meme. On Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. <laughs> grabs it uh so I'm trying, all you yeah. can you're 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 living right there in there those trenches you're you're gonna watch your step every single holiday because everybody's got a phone everybody's got everybody got just everybody is like maybe three connections away from someone with a hundred thousand followers and then yeah. Again, you're on the you're you're on the funniest videos compilation. Yeah, and it doesn't even matter how dark it is because if they have a Pixel Three, they'll be able to capture you in all of your embarrassing glory. Exactly. Fortunately, bringing it back around. <laughs> so, all that all that stuff that your cousins drew on your face while you're unconscious will be memorialized forever and ever and ever. Uh, shall uh, we end this? We shall end we this. Shall end uh, this. Uh, let's end this. You know, short, succinctly, people can look forward to us next week. We'll be we'll be around for the holiday week. We'll be around you. for the holiday week. As a matter of fact, we will have uh, we should be posting our Thanksgiving episode a little bit early because, amongst other things, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, Black Friday deals on googly stuff, things. Googly things, exactly. Googly uh, things so, that we all want to not pay full price for. Let's <laughs> let's just put it out on the table. Exactly. Nobody wants to pay full price for a pixel book. I hear you. Yep. And we're here to help. <laughs> and and also you you know, you know that you know that adorable cats and or like sexy fireman uh, calendar you usually buy like your aunt this year. At this point, you can probably get them a Google Home Mini and it will cost less at these prices. Yep. 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 And and, uh, you know, Andy and I will maybe even do a little talk about what we're thankful for, you know, Andy, because it's that time of year. <laughs> we'll also be doing our uh, our annual Thanksgiving holiday arts, audio arts and crafts projects. Uh, so <laughs> we hope we hope you like what we make for you. Turkey, turkey hands. Uh, everybody take out their turkey hands. Uh, mine will have purple feathers. Yours will have green feathers. Press the press them against the keyboard of your laptop. Mm-hmm. Or if you're wearing headphones against the side of your face, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes, yes. That's you will now the hear the sound is. of my me awkwardly tracing your hand against your face. <laughs> that's gonna be some. That's gonna be some ASMR. Just a, sne- like... just a sneak peek. Obviously, we're get, we're getting some special advertiser interest from that one. So, uh... <laughs> uh, Andy. I shall, yes, uh, but it is my turn to ask Flo. Flo tell, well, I was going to say, you should tell people where they can find you. <laughs> uh, as usual, come to relay.fm slash material if you want mm-hmm. to talk about my incredibly manly, extra deep baritone, sick, sick person voice. Sure, yes. That will be... <laughs> I might, might be, I might even be a base at this point. Uh, but yes, go, go to relay.fm slash material. Questions, comments, observations, uh, suggestions, whether you want them to be public, whether you want them to be private. We love to hear your feedback. Uh, you can also tweet at us, uh, we Material do, we Podcast. We, we, are, we, we, do, we do search for our own shows <laughs> to, make, to make sure that we if you do. comment, we do see that sort of we stuff. Um, and of course, relay.fm material is a place where you can go sign up for memberships, uh, which is really, really nice if you've got... If, you know, if, if you're spending a thousand bucks or two thousand dollars on Black Friday, or if you're just nine hundred and like twenty two dollars, 
round it up to an even you know th- thousand you know what the heck you're in for a penny in for a thousand uh and you know uh, sign up for a for a material you get perks podcast. you get, get relay perks. perks too yes you get to keep me feeling and sounding this healthy for instance <laughs> the really don't have uh, health plan is not as not as fulfilling or rich as i thought it was oh, going to be <laughs> Uh, but that's going to be next week. Uh, in the meantime, Flo, where can, what you got going this week that people can steer their eyeballs and or ear holes towards? Uh, I've got a crazy bonfire pitch week, so just kind of pay attention to me at FlorenceLion.com. No, I'm hoping to have a couple of helpful servicey articles up there next week, too, for anybody who's just staying home with the family and shopping. I'll be there with you. I'll, I'll be staying home. Excellent. Uh, and uh, I will be as regularly on uh, WGBH Radio in Boston tomorrow uh, talking about one or two things we've been talking about today. You'll also get a preview of uh, some of my Black Friday stuff because I'm not going to I am not going to be in a radio studio the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, and you can also check me out on uh, Anatko on Twitter and Anatko on Instagram. But that's going to be, again, we'll, we'll talk again in a few days, mm-hmm. not in a whole week, but a few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I, we still hope you'll have a good 72 to 96 hours between now and then. And we hope you will be listening to us. But before then, thanks for listening to us this time and have a great couple of days. Bye-bye.